Hello and welcome back to the Harvard Hoops podcast. This is episode 67. I'm your host, Liam Horsley, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Cavaliers, Ben Jones. How are you doing, mate? Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, very good. Yourself? Yeah, all good. Thanks, mate. All good. We are recording this on a sunny Sunday, late afternoon, early evening before Sunday night's games, just so everybody knows. And Ben, we're officially one month away from the first playing game for this year. How crazy is that? Do you know what? I'm I'm super excited about the playing tournament. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it at the beginning of the season, but um, now I'm I'm feeling feeling good about it. I know it's had some negative comments from one of your nearest and dearest. Um, that's very true. But I think any team that's in that seventh position where you would normally sort of be securely in or whatever, yeah, one loss or well two losses and you're bounced out is. Uh, that's to deal with. Yeah, especially when you get seven games in a, in a best-case scenario don't you, to, to get through. Uh, it's definitely a bit strange to win, to potentially lose one or two games and then being out. That's just something that I think people that have played basketball their life are not quite as used to it. Whereas us who do like kind of fans or media people, we just see it as like a great opportunity. But players who work all their lives for it, they and they're used to seeing seven-game series all the way through, they're a bit probably more perplexed by it, I guess. I think they should maybe go back to kind of integrating the bubble version so nine and ten are within if the, if nine and ten are within x amount of games then we like the playing tournament is activated but if they're too far out then we stick with what we've got yeah yeah that's an option i think long term they're still talking about a mid-season tournament aren't they that means something whether it's an extra draft pick or money or whatever yeah um that may end up meaning they do change the playing game because they've already got one big extra tournament in the middle, or they're just going to do both and they're just going to basketball compared basketball in like two years' time might be so different to how it was when we first started watching it. Yeah. Um, but it's a progressive league, so we'll see. Um, it's definitely made the last few weeks more exciting. Again, this week we've had some exciting games because people want to win, win games, don't they? They don't want to tank, they want to win and try and get. They want to move up to six or they want to move from 11 to 10 or they want to move from nine to eight. So they don't have to win one game. There's, it's definitely added a bit more excitement, hasn't it, in, in the actual games this week? Yeah, because it's not just the threat of, oh, I don't want to play the one seed or uh, it's actually, I need to move up some places to make sure we are definitely sticking in the playoffs, um, let alone play whoever's at the number one seed kind of thing. There's a There's an added kind of element of, uh, panic and emergency if you're in those lower seats. Yeah, and the East especially as well. We've got the other side where uh, just getting into the playing tournament is going to be difficult because we've got Bulls. For me now, it's between the Bulls, Wizards and Raptors. One of them is going to finish 10th and the other ones are, are going to miss out completely. Um, and we weren't very high on the Bulls, to be fair, were we, pre-season? But we had Raptors and Wizards in varying degrees of success between like five and nine. Yeah, uh, and they could finish twelfth, <laughs> and both of them could miss the playoffs, and the Bulls could be in the playing tournament. So, I think the East is even more exciting from that sense. The West, it's all about six, seven, eight, nine. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely definitely more exciting. So, lots to talk about. But before we move on to the games, bit of a sad news, kind of we wanted to address off the top. Marcus Aldridge recently, obviously signed for the Nets. Uh, he spoke about him quite a lot in our Nets team special that came out this week. If you want, to go check that out. Just for the day when we release it, he decides to retire from basketball, uh, which was a bit of a strange one. But once you realise why he's done it, so 
he's had a bit of a heart condition, I think, nearly all of his life, apparently. Uh, but he's had it under control, and all of a sudden he experienced some sort of irregular heartbeats, and that scared him. And his age, and he kind of wants to just retire and be with his family. So it was a bit of a shocking kind of bit of news to come out, but I don't think anyone can can argue that overall it's a great decision for him and his family, and it's just sad to see him kind of have to hang the uh, hang the sneakers up. Yeah, definitely. It was yeah during the game against the Lakers, he he felt that irregular heartbeat, and apparently after the game, pulled the trainers aside and said, "Look, this is what's going on," and they kind of got him sorted as quickly as possible. And that's yeah shocked him into saying, "Actually, what I want to do is make sure I'm around for my family." And um, it is such a shame to see a talent retire and potentially the year he's kind of on route to maybe win a championship. And he's sort of very, very close to 20,000 points as well. And he's not going to quite get those milestones. But health, you have to put above absolutely everything. Um, it's a brave decision for him to make. And I think he's made the right one as well. So fair play to him. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's even worth really kind of discussing from a Nets point of view. It's like, doesn't really matter at all, to be honest. On the court or off the court, this is this is definitely the right decision. But Aldridge as a player, obviously, Ben, um, very, very good with the Blazers. He was still very good in his first two years in San Antonio, at least, to be honest. But with the Blazers, he was absolutely incredible. And of our generation, I know we, we both love Tim Duncan, but players that we've seen play all of their careers, he's probably one of the most skilled big men we've seen. You know, with those kind of post-game moves, he's got the fadeaway, he's had the floater. Um, probably one of the better bigs we've seen since we've started watching the NBA, I think. Yeah, definitely. And he, he was one of those ones that could early in this kind of iteration of the NBA where you get your stretch fours and whatever, he was kind of a stretch four, stretch five even. He could he could hit that three-pointer quite comfortably and his mid-range was really, really good. Um, I, it's, that Blazers team, when you look back at the potential players they had, if, if everybody had been able to stay healthy... You know, uh, Dame, Brandon Roy, Wes Matthews, Lamarcus Aldridge, Greg Oden. Like, if those guys had been able to stay healthy and they've been able to stay together, that is a super talented team. Yeah. Uh, would have been incredible to see. And I couldn't blame him either for leaving and going to the Spurs. Uh, Tim Duncan retires. There's that power forward spot. You feel like Lamarcus Aldridge is the perfect fit to slot straight into that rotation. Um, get coached by one of the best coaches of all time and like you said the first two seasons with Kawhi and stuff they are looking incredible um and then Kawhi gets injured in that playoff series and it all goes downhill from there with this the relationship between him and the Spurs I think that kind of scuppered any kind of chance of LaMarcus doing much in San Antonio so circumstances not quite working out for him the way I certainly thought they were going to go or, or thought they were going to go, definitely, which is which is a shame. But he is an incredibly talented basketball player, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the, the decision that LeBron made is obviously one of the biggest stories ever in free agency. Kevin Durant's the Warriors is up there. But before that, LaMarcus Aldridge that year, there was a lot of teams with cap space. I remember the Knicks, Nets had cap space. I can't remember if it was the Celtics or Heat, but one of them too had huge cap space. Uh, and I know the Knicks pushed hard to get him, so it's one of those summer stories that we have every single year where it's a huge talent and the Spurs kind of got him maybe slightly surprisingly, I guess. Um, but like you said, he wanted to go to a good franchise and work with a great coach, probably greatest coach of all time. And Pop does say a lot of great things about him. So 
yeah, I just think he's a great player, great person as well. Uh, always liked everything he said when I've heard him in interviews, and we wish him all the best in retirement. Maybe he'll go into to coach him one day because he's certainly a, a clever basketball mind. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he could he could teach a lot to uh, not just kind of the up and coming kids coming through. I mean, there'll be a lot of players in the league that would love to learn his tips and tricks. Definitely, definitely. Okay, cool. Well, let's move on then to our, our usual weekly segment then. So, winners and losers to kick us off. Uh, let's get you to start this week, mate. Um, start on a positive note, as we always try to do. Go with our winners. So, give us your first winner of the week. Okay, let's have a look here. Oh, this all frozen. It's really, really good. Helpful. Uh, my first winner of the week is those pesky... Little Beantown boys, the Boston Celtics. You think they're done, you count them out, and all of a sudden, here they are, again, fighting back. Fourth in the East now, six Fourth wins in, in a row. Six-game winning streak, eight of the last ten they've won, and they are really, really starting to get... One of the wins did come because of a massive 40-point pouring in from Jalen Brown on it, outrageous shooting percentage it was like 11 of 13 shots went down something ridiculous um, <laughs> but the opposition they've been putting away as well you know you can't shake a stick out at the moment the Knicks um, Minnesota Timberwolves Blazers Denver Warriors uh, Lakers yeah the Warriors like there's been some serious talent and, and some serious opposition they've been going up against they just seem to be clicking at the moment I think everybody's a bit healthier. I think they're getting some time on the court together. Um, it just seems to be clicking a lot better. and It's really, really nice to see. It's kind of the Celtics we expected. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it is going to translate to the playoffs, however. But it's nice to see them fill, sort of fulfilling their potential, if you will. Yeah, I completely agree. They were the first team on my list as well. Um like you said, six games in a row, it's a really good streak against good teams as well. Like you said, I know there's some kind of winning streaks in the NBA that are not false, but if you've got a doubleheader against the Kings followed by the Timberwolves in a week, yeah. that's three wins normally for, for 90% of teams. Whereas this is filled with difficult teams as well and teams that probably think they should beat the Celtics, especially with Evan Fournier not playing as much. Um, yeah, so I've been quite impressed. Like We're coming off, so we're going on Sunday and last night, uh, Jason Tatum hit 44 as well for them to beat the Warriors when Steph Curry hits 11 threes once again uh, and they kind of managed to win that game which was what, 119-114 yeah. uh, and then they've gone against the Nuggets and won 105-87 a bit more of a defensive standoff so they're proving they can win in different ways and they look much more of a settled team and I do wonder if part of that's because Marcus Smart's got his feet back under him he looked very good defensively last night so I wonder if the team just got a bit healthier bit more of a confidence boost and once you start winning it kind of cures things doesn't it I think in the NBA yeah you sort of can kind of cover up all the cracks in the walls if you will with a couple of wins here and there uh, you just like I said you hope it translates to that playoff series coming up yeah they're fourth in the east now um, which is home court advantage in, in round one uh, and maybe round two I guess depending on who who knocks who out do you think that is their, their pure aim now, is just to stick at number four, like keep the confidence going, keep the wins going, keep playing well, but just make sure they finish in the fourth spot, get at least one series at home, uh, and then kind of see who they play in, in round two? God, yeah, especially if it's going to be the... 
the way as it stands, it'll be the Hawks or the Knicks in fifth place. So that's a nice first round if you're the Boston Celtics, I think, the Hawks or the Knicks there. Um, yeah, you're, you're, they're definitely going to be fine to stick around that fourth position because I can't see them making up four wins on the Bucks with four weeks left to go. They are only one win ahead of the Hawks and the Knicks. So it's going to be... that As long as they don't fall to that sixth position, they'll be quite happy, I'd say. Yeah, and about three weeks ago, they, they were struggling to hold on to the seventh position, let alone the, the fourth or sixth. So I think that uh, they've rapidly improved, and I think Tatum and Marcus Smart have a lot to do with that. So it's good. Good for the Beamtown boys there. Um, cool. Well, we had the same first team, so why don't you give us your, your next team? Nice. Right. Uh, my second team is um, a bit of a curveball in a way. I mean, the stats have been good this week but the main reason they're a winner for me is because of why they're getting their win still so I'm putting the Denver Nuggets on my winners of the week as we know Jamal Crawford is out um, he did his ACL he's going to be out for the rest of the season and probably next season. quite a lot of next season if not all of it which for me off the bat I was like right well there's no championship coming their way this season that's for sure. But they've still been playing quite well. They're on a two-game winning streak. Um, they had a win against Miami and a win Good against win. Houston. So that's a great win against Miami. Houston, you could kind of... I would expect them to still be winning because they're still a good team. They've got some really, really good players. Um, it's just finding for them now the balance at that point guard position. Who's going to be playing where? And, uh, and how many minutes are they going to get? And I think they've got enough time between now and the playoffs to find that balance, find out who of the point guards they've got available fits their team best. I think um, come playoff time, that they, they will almost run without a point guard, play everything through Jokic, and sort of maybe surround him with some shooters and stuff, some playmakers. But um, for now... I, They've really impressed me. Nice, nice. They weren't on my list, but I do agree. The last two two wins have been nice, especially after the the news of Jamal Murray. Because uh, emotionally as well, isn't it? It's a big thing yeah. for a team when you when you lose. Uh, obviously, they really like him. We we don't hear many bad stories about Jamal Murray at all. So he's he's a good team member, uh, and he's their second best player or third, depending on who you ask. But to, if you ask them, I'm sure they'd say second best player. So. I think that it's good for for them as a team to emotionally come back straight away and win a couple of games. I think that helps. Uh, I think Monte Morris probably would play a lot more. Aaron Gordon might end up bringing the ball up a little bit more when Jokic is, is off the court, which might be a way to just to get some some different people handling the ball, which which would help. Uh, and I think they're just key now, just similar to the Celtics, really. They would absolutely love if they could hold on to the four seed. But I do wonder if them dropping to six is actually better to avoid the Lakers and go into that Clippers series, because... We know the Clippers didn't like playing Jokic last year. Uh, whereas I think if they play Lakers in round one, it's just going to be really, really tough. And even if the Nuggets slip to five, they're still probably going to play the Lakers, who will be four. Yeah. Um, so I do think no one does this very often, but um, maybe the last week or so of the season you see teams do this, but I think they would be better off being the sixth seed. But they're just too many games ahead now. So I think they're, they're destined to play the Lakers. So for me, their title chances are gone. 
But I still think they'll win a few games in the playoffs. Jokic will probably still be MVP. And it's all about getting Jamal Murray now back healthy for, for, for next year's playoffs, as crazy as that sounds, a year away. I just think they, they need him back fully fit at the end of next year, I think, for sure. Yeah, it'd be nice, though, um, to give, like you said, I th- so far I think Morris and um, Campazzo have been splitting the minutes evenly. Um, so it's good that they're getting a chance to kind of feel those guys out. And, and I think it's good, especially for next season, if they're trying to go on a real championship push, to have these guys that have played some good minutes in a playoff series and know what it's all about. So next season, their bench should be even stronger in terms of talent and ability and, and players you can trust in those crunch minutes. So it could work out long term. Um, one thing I would add on that, though, it's not nice to say, but if you're any other team, you are desperate to play them, aren't you, in the playoffs? Because compared yes. to some teams in the West now, their firepower, especially the guard position, is is really not on the level of many other teams. I know if you're a Blazers, Mavs, Clippers, like everyone, to be honest, you're just going to want to play the Nuggets some way. But like I said, unfortunately, I think the Lakers are going to are probably going to get the benefit of that. But prayers out to, to Murray. We want to see him back on court as, as soon as possible. Uh, cool, let's move to my next team then. Uh, my next team beat the team I support very recently. Uh, so I've gone with the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, and they're winners of the week for many reasons. They've won five in a row, Ben, which is the the first time they've won five in a row since 2013. <laughs> Can you wow. believe? Um, so they are loving life. In a post-mellow world, they finally got five wins. Uh, they're 30-27. and 27. They played really, really well against the Mavs well. Julius Randle played really, really well. And so did RJ Barrett against the Mavs. Uh, they're 6-4 and four in the last 10, which is really good for the Eastern Conference. To be honest, getting a positive record at the moment in the East is, is difficult with the amount of games they're playing. Uh, but the other reason they're a winner is because the Heat have lost three in a row, the Hornets have lost four in a row, and the Pacers have lost one. Uh, that's kind of helped the Knicks get a little two-game lead now up in sixth. And like we've said so many times on the podcast, if you finish sixth, you don't go in the playing tournament. So sixth is the is a spot that Knicks would love to be in because it just gives them less chance of, of, of getting knocked out and they get a chance to play someone over seven games uh, with three games being at Madison Square Garden and seeing what they can do. So I think it's been a, a great week for New York. Yeah, I looked at them. I almost had them on my list, but I had a feeling you'd be uh, putting a hand up for them. They, they've been, they've really, really blown me away this season. They, they've, come out so much stronger than I thought they were going to be. And it yeah. seems that Julius Randle, um, I heard a really nice story about him and the time he spent with Kobe on the Lakers and how much he has taken on board everything that Kobe did and, and for him and uh, is kind of taking that on board. He's, he, there was a story about him flying somewhere and they landed late and Kobe always used to go straight to a gym and shoot before they went to the hotel and uh Julius Randall did this recently and the the high school was in the area was the only place that would stay open late and he uh the the head of the athletics came and saw him and said the last person that did this was Kobe um so that was a nice little story there it's uh it's all positive for the Knicks at the moment and that has not been said since probably 2013 so um, <laughs> Fair play to them. Yeah, definitely. The moment, like I said, sick in the East. Hawks are basically half a game ahead. So, And the Celtics, what, one and a half games ahead. So they could still easily finish four, five or six. Um, like I said, desperate to hold on to sick. But if they did finish sick, which 
I think they'll finish sixth or fifth. I think it'll be them and the Hawks fighting it out for, for fifth. If the Knicks do finish in sixth, that would be the Bucks, wouldn't it, in the in the first round? Yeah. Uh, and that is actually a sneaky good tie for the Knicks because the Bucks are great. Like they, they are, but your other options are Nets or 76ers, who are also great. So you're not choosing like a bad team versus a good team. They're all great, which is fine. But the Bucks have those playoff woes, don't they? They they often lose the first games in, in playoff series. Um and like we said, offensively they can struggle. And the Knicks as well, they've got a lot of bodies. Just a, they, one thing they have got is tall guys they can throw at, at Giannis for, for foul trouble and for, for building a wall. And Tibbs loves defense, so you know he's going to think of a defensive scheme just to try and stop Giannis. So I think that could be a cool tie in the first round, if I'm honest. Yeah, that could work out really, really well. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that does seem to be the major difference for this Knicks team, isn't it? That coaching change is... Yeah, really fresh them, isn't it? I was wrong about that one. <laughs> oh my god! Wrong. Write down, put it in the calendars. I was definitely wrong about that one. Even though I don't think you'd win a title with a defensive coach, but uh, he's improved them tremendously. They've been very, very good, and they were very good against the Mavs. So, good week for the Knicks. Uh, who are nice. your next team? Uh, my next team. Uh, the last last team, I think. Oh yes, my final team. Um, I'm wearing the t-shirt right now. I sent you a picture of this T-shirt the other day. It's the <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers. Very Top good. of the Eastern Conference, 39 and 17 wins. 7 and 3 over the last 10, won their last 4. But those wins were incredible when you look at the teams they played. So OKC kicked it off, fine, good warm-up game. Then they beat Dallas. Then they beat Brooklyn. Then they beat the Clippers. Yeah. They stopped the Mavs' six-game winning streak and they stopped the Clippers' eight-game or seven-game winning streak. (laughs) If you want to be sort of showing teams what you're made of, now is the time to be doing it. And they have put down one of the biggest markers over a three-game stretch I think I've seen in a very long time from a team. Joel Embiid's come back from that injury and been playing incredibly well. Um, Ben Simmons just seems to be doing anything that kind of needs to be done. Um, and the shooters go and shoot. So they're they're just playing so so well. And their defense and their offense are just lethal. I, I don't think there's a team in the East that wants to come up against Philly at the moment at all. Like whoever you are, you do not want to be playing them. Um, so yeah, Philadelphia 76ers rounding out my winners of the week. I'm sure Tibbs wants to play him. The man's, a ma- man's an animal. He wants to play everyone. <laughs> he wants to build a scheme to stop Embiid. He wants to make Simmons look bad on defence. It's, it's Tibbs' season now. so It's Tibbs' world. We're just living in it. Um, <laughs> but no, I agree. I think 76 has done very well. Were they one and a half games, maybe? Or two games ahead? I know the yeah. Nets play on Sky tonight against the Heat uh, on the early game. 7.30 tip-off. Um, but yeah, I think the 76 even if they win that, will still be half a game ahead. So they're looking like they're in a really good position. And obviously, if they cement themselves as the one seed, that they're guaranteed, even no matter who wins the playing tournaments, they'll be playing one of these teams. They'll be playing either the Hornets, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Wizards, or the Raptors. Uh, and I think they just sweep all of them for me. I think the Raptors, maybe Nick Nurse, great coach, could could win a game just with how good his scheming is. But I think overall. Uh, they, they they can't play the Heat because, like I said, the Heat would have to play the two seed even if they got in. So it'd have to be Hornets, Pacers, Bulls, Wizards, Raptors. So 
I think that they want to hold on to the one seed just to have an easier first round tie as well. Um, and I just think they're going to go from strength to strength. It'd be nice for them to really focus on making sure they watch people's minutes and, and keep winning games and making sure that their stars stay healthy. Because like I said, they, they haven't gone into a playoff series in round one since they've been together with both of them being healthy for all of the games. Uh, so I think they should really focus on that, watch their minutes and keep winning games because they're playing very, very well on both ends. Yeah, they're, they're great. And if you're them, out of those teams you've named there, who is your ideal opponent? Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, think I, I don't think I like that. I don't really like that. See, the Bulls are really, really bad defensively. And the Hornets can be quite good defensively, but I just don't think they could match up to, to Embiid at all. Uh, so, yeah, I'd probably say that. The other option is the Wizards, but Westbrook could score 30 and Beal could score 30 and you've got yourself in a bit of a slug. So, yeah, I think it's the Hornets quite easily for me, followed by the Bulls, I think. Uh, the team I'd least want to play is the Heat. So if they drop out uh, and, and they, they finish eighth in the end, that wouldn't be ideal, um, or the Raptors. But I think either way, it's probably a four-game sweep for me, no matter who they play out of that list. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, cool. Well, my next one isn't a team. My next one is a pair of players slash me. I think I'm a winner of the week because oh. I, I've got... Anyone listen to this podcast, apart from Mr. Kevin Durant, I've got a couple of favourites, Steph Curry and Luka Doncic, and it's been a, a hell of a week. So we've had Luka hit a floater three of 1.8 seconds left on the clock, uh, underhand nearly uh, three point floater which everyone thought was a two and then it, it wasn't it was a three it's probably the best game winner I've ever seen maybe second best um, so that was impressive uh, Steph Curry has set a record I think isn't it it's done like 10 games in a row now with 30 points I think he's had five yeah. games this season with over 10, 10 three pointers in a game the whole of the NBA has five and he's had five this season <laughs> that's how good he is uh, and also, last night, I know they lost the Celtics, but he hit it probably just as, it wasn't a game winner, but just as a crazy shot as Luca did, where he was like falling away, got fouled, and he yeah. flung it like over the back of his head from three. Uh, and that went in, and he went to the line and drained the, the free throw as well. So they've hit two of the most crazy shots I've ever seen. They tweeted each other after the shots, which just, as a fanboy, just gets me overly excited. I want them to be, be friends. I want them to uh, team up together in Dallas. That'd be lovely. Uh, and it was just a great week, I think, for both of them individually. Like I said, their teams, I think, one's two and two and one's two and one this week. So not great week for the teams. They couldn't make our list, but I, I couldn't not shout them out. Luca just for one game winner, really, whereas Steph is just doing things like I've never seen a player do. He's had like 48, 46, 50. He's averaging 35 or 36 a game this week. So crazy numbers from Curry. Yeah, Curry is an absolute machine. He's just He's so efficient from three points. And it's Crazy, not it? just like him peeling off screens and getting open like you kind of your Ray Allen's or your Carl Corvers did. But he is ISO balling, getting people on the back foot and then pulling up and it's it's so quick as well, that shot from yeah. that step to the release is just lightning fast. He's phenomenal. Um I, I just think there's I'll say it now, but doesn't matter who they play. Even if it's the Mavs, and I like Luca, obviously he's my favorite player. But I think the Warriors, whoever they play in the playing tournament, will win both games just because of the way he's playing. And then they're probably likely to lose four four one in the for whoever they play in the playoffs because, after all, the rest of the team is not playing great at times and their defense could be really bad. And he's having to score fifty to win them games. 
But I think when it comes to that playing tournament and it's one game to win, or two games probably, because he's probably going to finish ninth. If he finishes ninth, they have to win two. If he finishes eighth, they have to win one. I think that he wins one or two games for them and gets them in because he just loves the big stage, doesn't he? Imagine first ever playing tournament and he's playing against whoever, the Spurs in the first game or the Grizzlies or the Mavs, whoever, in the first game. You just know he's going to go out and hit eight threes and 40 points, don't you, to win, to win them a game or keep them close, I think. Yeah, yeah, you cannot rule them out while Steph is on the court. I mean, the rest of the team has been pretty garbage. Um, Kelly Oubre's not quite been the player they thought he was going to be. Same with Andrew Wiggins. Um, they're, obviously, Wiggins has been better this season, I thought. He's been better, better than Timberwolves, Wiggins, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, they miss Clay. Um, Draymond's obviously taken a bit of a step down. He's always a different animal in the playoffs, that's for sure. So maybe the, this playing tournament will start kind of bring out the best in him and start ramping him back up. Um, they missed that size now with James Wiseman out. So Steph's kind of their only offensive, their real offensive weapon at the moment. And he is showing how good he is. It's, it is scary. Do, do you think he, um, no matter how bad this team gets, does Steph stick around? Yeah, for sure. He'd be a warrior for life. Yeah? Yeah, that'd be so good next season with Clay coming back, I think. And they've got the uh, pick, haven't they, with uh, Minnesota for this year or next year. They can package that together. And they've got their own pick, which won't be bad. Won't, like, if they finish 10th, it won't be, the pick won't be bad. So, yeah, I think next year they'll be good. Very good. Because we all know how much they miss Clay. Um, so, next year it'll be something like Wiseman, Green, Clay, Wiggins, Steph... And then either two draft picks or they trade that for another star. And I keep hearing Bradley Beal being mentioned. So I just think they're going to go for it. They're so aggressive, aren't they? I think they're going to make a trade with someone. And yeah. I, I think that'll be good next year. I think he'll be a warrior for life unless it gets to a sort of Tony Park situation where maybe he's quite old and the team not sure what they want to do. And he just wants to play one year somewhere else, you know, whether it's like Lakers, Clippers or New York or whoever. I think maybe me, Charlotte, because that's where he grew up yeah. and played. Yeah, and that's the Tony Parker scenario. Good to exactly. Charlotte for a, for a year. But yeah, hell of a week, and uh, I wouldn't want to play him in a playing game. Nope. Sure. If, it, if I'm uh, as a Mavs fan, if it has to be them, I want to play them first. Because if he beats you, you get a second chance. Obviously, if you're, like we said before, if you're seven or eight, you get a second chance. And then you, all you have to do is beat the Grizzlies, Spurs, or Pelicans. Uh, whereas I do not want to finish seventh, lose the first game and then have to play Steph in a 1v1 winner-takes-all match <laughs> on the Tuesday night with everybody watching. It'll be the only game on TV as well. That's how it's going to work. Uh, that, that, that's not a place you want to be in against Steph Curry, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, cool. All right, let's move on to, to losers then. Uh, I'll kick us off with one team that are, that are just a perennial loser. We talk about them too much. But it's the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they're up to nine losses in a row now, which is just dreadful. Their chances of being the playing tournament, which is what they wanted, but they've basically gone. It's impossible now for them to do it. They'll have to go on like an unbeaten run for the whole season, which they're not going to do. Uh, and we've said so many times before, so we won't go into it too much, but they just need to sack Luke Walton and, and move on from some of these players because the, the franchise is really, really struggling at the moment. It's not good to see. It's not good to see, especially when there's quite a lot of UK Kings fans. Uh, I just think that... It's just not nice that they've been that bad. And 
I don't think things are going to get better. Maybe they'll get better in the form of higher up odds for the draft, which is fine, but there's some really bad teams below them that are not going to win enough games for them to to overtake, I guess, in terms of losing. So the Kings were my first winner and, and one that we've probably spoken about a few times in the last couple of months. Yeah, they need a front office and coaching change, don't they? Desperately. Um, and potentially, yeah, a gutting of the, the players as well. I mean, they've got some players that will be worth something to teams out there, so they might be able to find some good trades for them. It, it's just, for whatever reason, it's not working. And it's such a shame because they've got some incredible young talent and they're kind of just wasting it at the moment. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Some really good young talent. and It's all about building around them guys and not kind of doing what the Knicks did for so many years and ruining their careers. You don't want to be that team. You want to, you want to get out of that. And like the Knicks have done with Tibbs, like we said, get a good coach in there and get a good culture in there and it can start to turn around, can't it? So I think that's the, the blueprint that they should follow. Um, let's move on to, to your first loser of the week. Yeah, my one's going to be one that we're not going to dwell on too long because it's pretty obvious why they are racking up so many losses at the moment. But um, um, talking about going from a winner last week to a loser this week, the Charlotte Hornets. Um, yeah, praise them really last bad, week. Really uh, bad week. Yeah, for sticking at it and getting a couple of wins considering the injuries and then they've gone on a four-game losing streak. Um, you jinxed then, them, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They lost to Atlanta, they lost to the Lakers, they lost to Cleveland, and they lost to Brooklyn. So some really tough games in there for them, which is a shame. But the the biggest issue is it is slowly dropping them down the rankings, like we've been saying all, um, all podcasts, is that they're in the eighth position. They are very close to being dropped out. And for me, uh, I feel like the paces all the balls could easily take that eighth spot off them, whether it's for the Pacers through wins for the rest of the season or the Bulls through the playing tournament. They yeah. need to be very careful. I think they're, they're enough games ahead, aren't they, now to to definitely stay in the playing tournament um, with yes. how many games ahead they are. But they're definitely, for me, not going to finish sixth, which is a spot that we've kind of gone on about a lot, I know. But we keep saying how important it is. But the other one is the one we said in the intro about uh, positions seven and eight, where you get when you have to win one game. For me, I, I agree with you. There's no way they'll hold on to eight. I think the Pacers will take take eight quite comfortably. Um, and if they do, you're then in ninth spot and you've got to win two games, which makes it harder just to, to kick off the bat. And I know even being in a playing tournament would be great, but true Hornets fans like James Plow, right? We've had them here a few times. They'll want them, no matter what it takes, just to be a playoff team. doesn't matter if they lose every game by 10 in the playoffs and they get knocked out 4-0. They just want to be in the playoffs. So uh, it's worrying times. I think for me, they're going to have to win two playing games. And yeah, I'm not confident on them winning two playing games, to be honest. It's been a bad week for them. Yeah, and like I said, it, we understand why. They've lost their best player and their best up-and-coming player in one foul swoop almost. And it, it's... Initially, they kind of all stepped up, I think, and everybody was kind of really pulling for each other and pulling it together. But teams are working them out now and, and finding that weakness, and the the gaps are showing. Yeah, they got beat by your Cavs as well, which is a team they would want to beat regardless. Yeah, of. <laughs> yeah. and the Cavs, I know, by the way, have lost a couple in a row, but. A, Midweek before they lost those two games, there was a lot of rumours they were in 12th. They were only two games back from the playing tournament. I was going to text you and be like, Ben, K 
Cavaliers in the playoffs, question mark, but I forgot. And then they lost the next two games and now they're out of it. So, yeah, <laughs> irrelevant. Yeah, Surely it, it was wonderful for a moment. But they beat the Hornets. So, what a time. What a time to be alive. Um, cool. All right. We're going to uh, my next team then. So, my next team are a similar position, uh, which was the Miami Heat. Uh, they are now down to seventh. They play the Nets today, like we said. A game I expect them to lose. They might not, but I expect them to lose. Uh, Tyler Hero is still playing really bad this year. It's just been a terrible season for him. So the thought, by the way, that people did not want to put him in a James Harden trade is just getting more and more baffling as, as time goes on because he's just coming across. I know he's having a poor bit of poor form, bit of poor season, but like Joe Holbert said on uh, NBA UK Fans Live, I think it was today, some people do peak in their rookie years that they don't get better and he may get better and we want him to get better but that was never guaranteed so it was a lot to kind of pin your hopes on him I think he's had a bit too much pressure this season um, and I think that's contributing to one of the reasons why they're losing but they're on a three game losing streak like we said they are six and four in the last ten but a lot of that came in the first five games when they won the first five games of that stretch and they've only won one since uh, and it's just a similar position we've said so many times, really, where they're sitting in seventh. For me, they really, really want to just get into sixth and just have to avoid the playing tournament all over. But the way the Knicks are playing at the moment, the Heat, you have to go on a good run to catch them. So I just think it's been a disappointing year for them. And they're just not looking the same on offense. I think Jim, Jimmy Butler had some comments, didn't he, saying they need to try harder and give more effort in, in all their games, especially defensively. And when you've got Jimmy saying that, then you know there's a little bit of problem when, when I guess Heat culture normally doesn't need people to come out and say that. So. They, they were my next loser of the week. Yeah, I've got them on my list as well. It is a real shame. Tyler Hero looked incredible last season. I had him earmarked as most improved player this year. And he is just, like you said, I, I think they've kind of relied on him too much. At the end of the day, he's a 21-year-old. We'll see in his second year, third second year. year. Second year, yeah. You can't be relying on him as much as you are to to get the points and to hit the shots and you know he's he's a second year player and it, it, maybe he did just really find his form especially in the bubble um, and he needs a kind of a year with less pressure to, to help him develop next to take those steps forward I'm not sure but maybe that is what he needs a bit of a quieter year um, yeah the heat there's you look at the roster and it's so talented and the coach is incredible and they've just had such a, a roller coaster of a season ups and downs before this kind of three game losing streak they're on it's really been peaks and troughs if you look back two game winning streak a loss a three game winning streak a five game losing streak or, or even six games Sporadic, um, isn't it yeah i mean jimmy's been playing well but the rest of the team seem to be a bit inconsistent at the moment and they really need to tidy this up before the first sort of block of playoff runs come around, along and to even make the playoffs, to be honest, at the moment. Um, you you could see them sliding out at this point in time. Um, if it's only one game, the way they're playing and the teams that have been beating them, um, and also, quite a funny comment from Jimmy Butler this week. They asked him why the defensive rating or, or something has improved this season just after they played the Trailblazers. Uh, and he said, well, we got rid of Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> Which was um, brutal. But you expect nothing less from him. 
but funny, but funny. Yeah, I think that the, the problem with them is the the Knicks who are above them in that sixth spot playing so well. The Knicks really needed that run because it's kind of helped them get above the heat. And they, we've got, they've got the Nets, I think, personally. Obviously, I could be wrong that they'll lose today. But their only positive at the moment is, I think, in two weeks' time, we could be talking about them as a winner because their schedule looks like this coming up. So after the Nets, they've got Rockets, Spurs, Hawks, Bulls, Bulls, Spurs, Cavs, uh, and Hornets. That's a real nice couple of games. Yeah, real nice. And they've got the doubleheader with the Bulls as well, obviously another playoff team or playoff hopeful team. Uh, so the the kind of positive side of it is there are games to win and they can easily win if they if they kind of turn the form around and get a bit more consistent offensively and defensively. But like you just said then, the problem is there's been stretches where they should do this before and they've let themselves down a little bit. So hopefully for their fans, they can they can turn it around a bit because the games are there to win now. But we, we need to see it from them, don't we? Because they're not looking as uh, consistent as we'd like, even though the injuries have slowed down now. Yeah, they've got the majority of their team back, but they're still not stringing it together. Maybe that's why. Maybe because they've not had these set lineups for a long time. The chemistry's not quite where it should be at this point in the season. I mean, that's kind of the only excuse you can make for them. Yeah. Uh, but you, I hope to see this Miami team a little bit more because they're when you do watch them, they're very enjoyable to watch. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Oladipo's missed. Well, got injured and missed all those games as well. So, hopefully, if he comes back, uh, they can he can help them turn it around. But we'll see. Uh, cool. So, who's your next loser? Is that your your list done? No, my final loser is the uh, the Pelicans. Ah, same as me. We matched up again. Ooh, look at that two game losing streak, and another team in that crucial uh, position to fight for playoff slash play in slots. Um, we say every time we talk about them, the roster is is good. They've got talent. The, the team's quite deep. But why are they still losing these games? Very winnable games as well. Um, is it the, the players are sort of paired wrong with each other? Do you think Ingram and Zion are a, a long-term partnership that can keep going and, and improve? Or... Does one of them need to kind of go, be gone for, to get the full potential out of the other? Yeah, I love Zion, as you know. Uh, he's one of my favourite players in the league. but uh, And I quite like Ingram. Me and you really liked what he did last season in the bubble as well. In our podcast, we were praising him quite a lot. Um, but I don't think they fit together personally, um, especially for the long term. But I'm not quite sure that's the true reason why they're losing. <laughs> Defensively, they're terrible. I think they're near the bottom in defensive rating every single month this season. Um, so for me, as bad as it sounds, like first year, not first year, but first year with this team being the coach, I think Van Gundy has been poor, like really, really poor. I don't think that helped. But yes, I think long-term, you need to probably move Ingram and Zion, etc. from each other. But you're going to move Ingram, aren't you? You're not going to move Zion. But yeah, I don't think that necessarily, like, yes, that's what they should do if they want to be a top six team in the West. But this current team should still be a top 10 team in the West, if you know what I mean. Like, Yes, there's big problems structurally-wise going forward, but I still think at the moment their roster's good enough. It's better than the Spurs. It's probably better than the current Warriors one because of obviously Wiseman and Clay being injured. Draymond Green doesn't play back-to-backs. And Steph Curry got missed a bit of time earlier in the year as well, didn't he? So I think that they're struggling really to be in 11th spot. 
Uh, and we spoke about the Spurs, didn't we, last podcast. I know they've won one of their last couple of games since, but they were on a hell of a losing streak and the Pelicans are still two, three games behind them. Like <laughs> The Pelicans yeah, have had chances this year, haven't they, to catch up on the Warriors. Warriors lost six games in a row at one point. They've had chances to catch up on these teams, but they've just not done it. Um, and the only reason they look better than they are is because they've got the Kings, Thunder, Timberwolves and Rockets underneath them who are terrible, terrible teams. Um so yeah, I'm not sure. What what are your thoughts? I know you like, I know you like Zion. I know you you prefer other players to him. You're not as high on him as me, but you like him definitely, and you yeah. like Ingram quite a lot actually. Do yeah, you think I, they can play together long term? Is it more about the third person with them, or you just think the whole roster at the moment is a bit kind of mismatch? Yeah, perhaps. I I feel if Ingram can keep developing a kind of a more of a stretch game and and keep pushing that three point shot. Um, then perhaps they can work together because you don't want to be crowding the lane for Zion because Ingram, because he is so long and lengthy, he's really, really good at stepping and moving around within the paint and getting those driving shots. Um, and his shooting is improving. Um, but you, with a player like Zion, you just want him in there just bullying people, don't you? So I guess it comes down to ball distribution then. Maybe it's the Lonzo ball effect. Maybe he can't move the ball as well or create space as well for these two guys. Maybe they need a third guy to be a Chris Paul-esque point guard um, to keep those guys working efficiently together. But, if yeah, if you're going to move on from someone, you're going to potentially trade Ingram. Um, get a lot of picks from him, a lot of picks. Yeah, you get so many picks. And I guess it depends what the Pelicans want to do. I mean, do they want to go early like the Hawks have and kind of capitalise on Zion Williamson's sort of early dominance? Because he is a physically imposing player. Um, yeah, he's bringing the ball up up and down the court now as the, the point forward as well on yeah. a lot of possessions. So they've expanded his role a lot now, even more, but... But yeah, I agree. I think they need a different third star. Um, the, we said about the age of the roster all season's been a bit, bit of a weird one, how different the age groups are. So. Uh, yeah, and they've got a lot of picks already after the holiday trade. Like, they've got loads of picks already. I think they're third, obviously, behind the Rockets and uh, Thunder, who are famous for the, and <laughs> the number of picks that those two teams have got. But they're right up there with them. Uh, and I just, yeah, just, coaching's not been great. Roster's a bit mismatched. But it all comes down to defence. You know, why is that? Is that the roster? Is that the coaches? Is both? I think their defence is just so, so bad. Brandon Ingram used to be quite a good defender in LA and he's really been poor. Zion's got a bit better this year, but Lonzo Ball's slightly got worse. So that kind of even each other out. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a big summer for them because you can't waste a player like Zion, especially a player like Zion who has this thing that hanging over him with weight, knee, explosiveness sort of stuff. A lot of people don't think he's going to have this 15, 20-year career like KD as like the best player on a team. They don't think that's going to happen. It could be a 10-year career, 8-year career. And if you waste the first five years with, with bad coaching or bad rosters, then you're not kind of getting the, be the best out of the player, are you? So yeah. they, they need a big summer for me, a big, big summer. Yeah, that's the exact camp that I'm in. I think Zion Williamson isn't going to have a really, really long career because he just... That's what I mean. At this moment in time, he's massively dominant because of his size and his strength and his explosiveness. But you see it with players like him all the time. How long until a major injury or older, like getting older reduces that dominance? 
Um, and I feel like like the Hawks have done, what's Trey's in his third year or fourth year or whatever, and they've gone win-now mode because he's kind of hit his prime early. So maybe they need to do the same with Zion before they lose out on all this skill and talent. And as well, before teams kind of figure him out because he played so sporadically last season and we've had a bit of an odd one this year. I don't know if teams really know what his potential is and how physical he is and how he plays. So it could be a really, really good kind of way to sort of sneak up on teams and release the Zion. <laughs> release the Zion. I like it. Point God. Point God Zion for a few years. <laughs> I'm a fan of it. And they got your boy uh, Griffin, haven't they, as GM. So you like to think that he'll know, uh, he'll know what to do long term. But I wanted to see Van Gundy back in the league. and I got my wish, but I think... I think maybe he's uh, past his best, let's say. Maybe the, ra- the wrong Van Gundy came back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they're going to swap every year. They can just intimately swap coaching and, and uh, <laughs> being a commentator. That, that, that might work. Um, cool. All right, well, that's our, our winners and losers then. Uh, let's move on to our last segment. We always finish on then. Best upcoming games. Talk about some, some games coming up this week and do some predictions. You had a very good week last week, mate. I can't remember who won the games we picked the same. I didn't even check those. But the games we picked differently, you were three out of three on those games. So you won last week, which takes it to, to five and four. We haven't decided if this is going on throughout the playoffs. I'm not sure how we'll fit it all in, to be honest. But so we've got four weeks till the playoffs. So potentially four more points available. Um, good week for you. Happy with it? Yeah. Three from three, you cannot complain about, can you? Seventy-six has killed me because I bet against him twice, and then yep. KD for some reason. Like this is a I've got to mention this because Steve Nash is a loser of the week as well because he has who do they play for? I can't remember who they played. They played someone poor, and then the, the second game was the seventy-six. Oh, I was the Pelicans played the Pelicans on one night, and the next day it was seventy-sixers. KD doesn't play back to back, but because they lost to the Lakers. He said, oh, I think I need to play KD in the first game against the Pelicans to get everyone's confidence up <laughs> against the Pelicans, but then rest him against the 76ers, which is a team you need to beat for the first place ranking. Uh, and then obviously they lost because they didn't have as many. They only had a Kyrie. Obviously Harden's out with the hamstring strain. KD was rested. I think Blake Griffin was injured as well. So, And Aldridge obviously didn't play. So I think that I think that Nash made a terrible error there and it cost me. And then my boys, Mavs, they got killed by the 76ers. Embiid was, a, was an absolute machine. So Yeah, no Porzingis. Yeah, no Porzingis as well. So I've been let down. I'm going to blame it on the injuries. It's COVID season, you know. My, my form has been <laughs> affected due to, due to injuries. But we're going to, uh, we're going to get it back. Uh, let's move on to this week's game then. So I've already done the random generator. The mm. random game is a doozy. It's Wizards versus Thunder. Wow. <laughs> Tuesday 1am, so you can prove that I don't handpick these games, because I would not be picking this game if I, uh, if I had a choice. So, give me your thoughts, Ben. Wizards v Thunder. Uh, big game at the bottom of the standings. It's got to be the Wiz. It's got to be. OKC are in full tanky tank, tanky tankerson mode. <laughs> they want to use their million picks this season. And, uh, yeah, no chance. The Wizards have got this. Yeah, I think I would have to. Uh, I'd have to agree. I, I can't bet against you on this game. Not after you've uh, you've brought it back from five two down to five four. I need to, I need to, to go safe with this pick. I think, and 
back Mr. Westbrook. I'm going to go 30 points, 20 <laughs> rebounds for, for us against his old team. Why not? Yeah, we'll go big, won't he? Why not? Um, cool. All right. Well, now we've got two games each that we, we actually get to pick. Uh, why don't you kick us off, mate? Your first game. Tuesday, 3 a.m. Nice time. Uh, Clippers versus the Trail Blazers. Oh, big game in the West. Big game. Blazers yeah. have got to, got to keep winning. Unfortunately, the Mavs have slipped up a little bit and they've gone from half a game back to one and a half games back. But I think the Blazers will, will want to keep the foot down and, and win as many games as they can for sure. Absolutely. Um, and obviously the Clippers don't want to be getting into losing habits just before the playoffs. Just trying no. to have a quick look at who they've got before. So Clippers have got Timberwolves tonight and Portland have got the Hornets. So they've both got quite nice games today. Um, and then obviously neither of them are playing Monday. So got the day, they've got nice easy games today. The day's rest. So they're both coming into this game fresh. Who have you got? I'm going to go Clippers. I'm going to go Kawhi PG. Uh, playoff P as he's... Uh affectionately known uh, I just think well I've said all along I've said start of the season I had the Clippers finish second you know I, I've always liked the Clippers I'm not sure how they'll do in a playoff scenario with this team they just re-signed DeMarcus Cousins haven't they to another 10 day deal yeah. uh, so I'm just quite confident things are going quite well for them and as a Mavs fan I need the Blazers to lose so I may as well kind of double up on my uh, my support for this game and go with the Clippers so I can cheer them on even harder I think okay I will Oh, this is tough, but let's make it interesting, shall we? I'll go against you on it. Let's give me the Blazers. Uh-oh. Blazers. Cool. White Goodman, Blazers. Uh, I'm going to go with my first game is Tuesday as well. This is a nice 1am tip. So before you watch the 3am game, if you have no work in your life, you can watch back to back. You've got Bucks versus Suns. Uh, two good teams obviously East and West battle I thought this was a good one actually both teams are really really good at the moment Giannis obviously back to playing really really well Chris Paul as always playing well I think John Dre Aiton as well has got, got quite good recently so uh, both teams need to win if they want to climb the, the rankings or stay at number one in, in one person's case give me your thoughts who's going to win Bucks versus Suns um, I I do love the Suns and the way they've been playing this season, but I'm going with the Bucks. Um, Giannis is back. He's going to be playing himself into a bit of form, I think. Um, Drew and Middleton seem to be just doing their thing, saying really efficient. Um, and Big Brooks bombing threes from left, right, and centre. So uh, give me them Bucks. Yeah. I think I'm going to go go with you on this one. Um, not just pure tactically, so you don't catch me up. But uh, <laughs> I I agree. I think I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. We haven't spoken about them enough. I don't think actually the Suns, to be honest, on our winners segments the last few few weeks. But I'm not as in on them as other people are, even though they're a great story. Uh, I just think yeah, Giannis being back helps. I think Giannis Middleton and, and Drew might be too much if Drew does play. So I'm going to go with the Bucks as well. Nice, yeah, solid choice. And game two for you? Game two for me. Uh, I thought about going for a, a battle of the losing team, so I almost went. I'm not going for this, but this is one I almost went for. 
which was Timberwolves versus Kings, which could have been an incredible game. <laughs> but um, I'm going to pick a play-in tournament um, crucial fixture. Um, that is Thursday, the Hornets versus the Bulls. Oh, I like it. Um, and I think, although... Uh, Zach Levine is out at the moment with COVID protocols, I believe, which could be a two-week isolation or something. Yeah. I think the Bulls take it. We've gone oh. With- oh, the Bulls. The Bulls are back. Uh, I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go with the Plowright Hornets, as they're affectionately known as. Um, I love Miles Bridges. I think Miles Bridges is going gonna, is gonna to kill him. Vucevic, whatever. Not the same in a ma- without a magic jersey on. So wow. I'll go against you. I'm going to go Hornets and uh, leave the balls to you. Nice. Cool. That leads us on to our last game then to predict. Uh, so I went with another game on Thursday. It's just a 3 a.m. tip. I went with the Blazers versus the Nuggets. Um, interested to know your thoughts, but I'll give mine straight off the bat. I'm quite confident in this one. I think... The Blazers will lose the first game of the week and get my confidence up. The Mavs will probably lose a game they shouldn't lose, just to annoy me. And then I think the Blazers actually will beat the Nuggets without Jamal Murray in a tight, really tight game. I think if ever wins this, it'll be, a, it'll be a late game, late kind of last two minutes sort of thing. So I'm going to go with the Blazers to beat the Nuggets, even though Jokic is, is the best player on the court. I'm going to match you on that. I don't think they quite have enough to stop the scoring Blazers. And I think Nurkic has got enough to slow Jokic down to kind of stop that offensive production, at least. So, so he'll only get like 40, 10 and 10 then. Yeah, just a real quiet game from him. There we go. I like it. Cool. So we have, what, is that two differences? Yeah, two differences yeah. this week. We're Clippers v Blazers. I've gone Clippers, you've gone Blazers. And then Hornets v Bulls. So two kind of opposite ends of the, the playoff tournaments. Uh, I went the Hornets and you've gone the Bulls, so... Got to go for Benny the Bull, haven't I? Yeah. So there's a, there's a potential with one each there, one difference each that we could draw as well this week. And that's what we were doing at the start of the season. I got a nice lead and then we just kept drawing. So we'll see see how this week goes. Uh, cool. All right. I've got one quick fire question to ask you before I go. I had a chat with Rich Barrett from NBA UK fans. He chucked up a Twitter poll based on my WhatsApp message to him, which he didn't agree with. We don't agree on a lot at the moment, basketball-wise. It's quite nice. Always a fun chat with Rich, but we keep disagreeing on things. And he, his rankings for these players are very different. He also didn't think James Harden was a point guard, but basically we were talking about the fact that he did say a few weeks ago that Dame was better than Steph, and Steph has obviously gone absolutely nuts <laughs> since then. Uh, but then I said oh, I probably wouldn't even rank Dame in my top three point guards. Obviously, Rich asked who, who else I'd value above. I said Steph, Harden, and Luca. So if you're, you're saying Harden is a point guard, which he is for the Nets, in my opinion, rank those four players for me, Ben. We've got Curry, Dame, Luca, and Harden. Give, give us your quick-fire rankings. No, no time to think. Wow. Um, Luca at one, because he's most like LeBron. Oh, wow, I love it. Um, yeah, I'm, all, I'm all in on that. Steph at two. He moans at the refs like LeBron as well, which is nice. Enough. Exactly. Um, yeah, Steph at two. Dame at three, Harden at four. Oh, you got your old Harden, Houston bias. We've got to move on. We've got to move on. <laughs> I, I, I get Harden is the point guard for the Nets, but if I'm going to put him in a category, I'll put him as a shooting guard. 
Leads the league in assists as well. Uh, yeah, tough. LeBron's done it as well, but he's not a point guard. He is a point guard for the Lakers. He's a point forward. I don't know. He's basically the point guard, isn't he? In my opinion. But I like the rankings. If Luca's top of any ranking, I'm going to like it. Unless it's like most annoying overweight basketball players. If he's top of that ranking, I'm going to be sad. <laughs> but if he's top of this ranking, I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be happy. I like that. Steph Curry fans will not be happy with that. But I like it. Good Steph work. Too. I love what he brings to the table, but... Um, you yeah, like the distribution just brings more. more as well. Yeah. You've always liked... You like big guards or big point forwards, whatever. Like a big guard. He's the same size as LeBron as well, so... It's, uh, in terms of height, so... Point forward, point guard. Give nice. me the big like, boys. <laughs> you're a big body boy. I like it. Cool. All right. Good Good place to end it there. Uh, in fact, you've agreed with me. Just makes me feel great to, to end the podcast. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> plan, plan is this week uh, we'll have another team special at some point. I haven't got a guest confirmed. I know I've got a magic one lined up, but we're not sure if that's going to be this week or next. And then Ben's going to come back probably not this week, maybe the week after, hopefully, with another debate series. Yes, sir. Uh, once we've got our guests kind of lined up. And then me and Ben will be back next weekend. Oh, no, we won't be back next weekend, will we? We'll be back two weekends' time, I think, yes. for our for our latest uh, kind of roundup episode. And then we've only got one more after that before the, the playoffs. So uh-huh. it's going to be going to be an exciting time. Uh, also, remember to go follow us at, at underscore Harvard Hoops. We've got a giveaway of Hooping and Looting, which ends today. So a winner will be announced probably when we put this podcast out. Underneath, there'll be a, 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 and a winner announced as well. So congratulations to insert name here. Sounds good. Yeah, well done. Um, all good. Any final word, Banks? We're not going to speak to you next week, so give us a final bit of basketball wisdom to end the podcast on. Um, James Harden is the best passing shooting guard in the league. There you go. There we go. I think it's Jordan Clarkson, but we'll end it there. Wow. <laughs> Jokes. Right, <laughs> we'll speak to you soon. Uh, and Ben, enjoy your week off the pod. Oh, yes. Very much so. Catch you all soon.